Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Johannesburg, South Africa, with my new friend Kenzo Poye of TantaChicago.com. He grew up in Johannesburg after moving there from the Congos in the 1990s. Although he now lives in Chicago, he still has family there and considers it his home. In this episode, Kenzo and I talk about touring Nelson Mandela's home, going on the Lion Safari, and attending the Soweto Koto Festival. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit South Africa, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide of Kenzio's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Johannesburg. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Kenzo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Lee. Today, we're talking about Johannesburg, South Africa. It's a city I've heard a lot about, and I just haven't had a chance to go there yet. So I want to be able to have you on the show, talk about your tips, so that way when I go, I just I can have just a wonderful experience. I'll be happy to uh, give you some insight. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's your connection to the city? So I grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm from Congo, but uh, my family migrated there in their mid-90s from uh, my country, Congo, to Johannesburg, and we settled there, uh, my whole family. So it is actually my home. Um, I consider it more home than Congo. I grew up there. I went to school there. Yeah, and my family still lives there. My mom is still there, and uh, the bigger part of my, my siblings are also there. I actually have a, I own a, a house there, so I'm very, very much connected to, to Johannesburg. Oh, that's fantastic. So like growing up there and, and experiencing all the people and the culture and everything else that the city has to offer, how would you describe the, like, the city or the people in just a couple of words? It is a vibrant city. The people there are very kind, they're very welcoming, very hospitable, I can say. And they, they just love to have a good time, you know, giving the history of South Africa as a whole, you know, from the sufferings of the people in the past, you know, and then getting the independence in the early 90s. They've come a long way, but they're still a happy people. So that's one thing that I can say about, you know, people in Johannesburg. Oh, that's fantastic. So if people are planning a trip to visit Johannesburg, I know there's a lot of, of wonderful things to do that we're going to talk about. If people are planning their trip there, what's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain festivals or annual events that happen that maybe somebody wants to plan their trip around uh, attending those? The weather like currently right now is the best time to go to South Africa, but we have four seasons. Over there, it's summertime right now. I usually uh, advise people to travel there between September or late September through to mid-April, I would say. So there's around September, it's springtime. You see the flowers are blossoming. Johannesburg is known for the jacaranda trees. So I think it's unique to, to Johannesburg. As you're flying in to Johannesburg International Airport, you will see around that time uh, a lot of trees, like kind of purple in color, you know, like a canopy, you know, um, covering the whole of Johannesburg. It's really beautiful. So December, of course, around the, the festive seasons, uh, the city comes alive. There's a lot of um, international tourists coming through. But usually 
throughout the year, there's people coming in just depending on your schedule. But if you want to experience good weather and everything, it's around uh, September to April. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And the, and just for people listening, we sometimes forget about the fact that it's below the equator. So although it is September through April there, although that may be our winter time, that's actually their summer. So it's nice and warm. So you don't have to pack your big parka with you when you go. Exactly. So if you want to escape the cold weather of uh, Chicago, the Midwest, or, you know, and you have the time to spare, this is the best time. You can actually spend six months of your year there when it's summertime, and then you come and enjoy the summertime here when it's winter there. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you ask about uh, the festivals as well around those period. You know, January is big with festivities, but the big one is the Johannesburg um, Film Festival that's happening towards the end of the month, for a week at least. So that's one big thing that brings in a lot of international people, travelers, celebrities alike where they showcase a lot of uh, South African uh, films, African in general. And South Africa, if you see right now, they're very big in producing movies to international uh, standards that are based. I mean, that's how somehow I keep up with what's happening back home through Netflix. There's a lot of good shows that are being produced uh, solely for for Netflix and that's showcasing the South African culture. So that's another thing maybe... Maybe I can, I, I can give you a few hints uh, for your listeners to kind of like get to know a little bit more about Johannesburg through those as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And I know that uh, we're recording this in January. So it generally happens around like the end of January, beginning of February? Yes. Yeah, it runs from uh, January 31st to February 5th. So uh, that's then. But there's a uh, different type of festival that's happening throughout the year. For travel, international travel, they want to go to Johannesburg and also experience the local cultures, um, like in townships like Soweto, where there's this festival um, that happens later in the year, around September. Beautiful time to go as well. Soweto is a historical township where it was the home to the late Nelson Mandela, freedom fighter of, of South Africa. So there's a lot of things that happens around there. There's a Kota festival that it's basically surrounded around food, you know, the cultures of the, of the township and the people. There's music, there's local delicacies that is being celebrated around that time. So that happens around September. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's like right at the beginning of spring. So you can go there and then see a lot of the flowers blooming while enjoying, you know, the local food. Yes, exactly. And this will be the sixth, sixth annual. So it's been launched like six years ago. Basically, it has, that quarter dish has become like an more like a, a go-to food, comfort food for the locals that maybe cannot afford your restaurants, your high-end restaurants, you know. So this can be found around the corner in the mom-and-pop shops and anybody can afford it. So it's, it's become very popular nationally and internationally that they actually created a festival around it. So that's something that you can you get to, to immerse yourself as, in, as an international uh, traveler into the local traditions, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Speaking of international travel, so... If we're going to fly there, like obviously you're based in Chicago, but you go back, I'm sure, to go visit family on a regular basis. From there, if we're going to fly from the United States to get down to Johannesburg, are there direct flights? Do we have to stop off like in Europe or like Northern Africa? How do we get there? Right. So um, the luckiest travelers right now in the U.S. are the ones that are based on the East Coast. The direct flights from uh, New Jersey and New York, daily flights, I believe Delta and United, directly to Johannesburg. So it's like a 14-hour flight from Chicago. You may have to, you will have to stop in uh, New York, quick two-hour flight over there, and maybe a two or three-hour layover, and then you have a direct flight to Johannesburg. 
There's also other like uh, point of entry as well, Cape Town, which is a little bit of a southwest, but Johannesburg is your, your big hub. But people from the West Coast, so definitely, of course, you have to fly into Chicago or into New Jersey, sorry, New Jersey, and then fly over to to Johannesburg. It's not that bad, to be honest. Sure, sure. Okay, and then um, in order to fly into the country, do we require a visa, or you know, are there any shot records or anything like that that we need to be able to make it into the country? Not at all. For U.S. citizens, they and for many other international travelers like Europeans and certain other countries that have duties with the South African government, you don't need a visa. You get a, a stamp on arrival, and then I believe it's up to three to six months, depending on the country where you're from. So they've made it very easy for international travelers, just because South Africa is a very big tourist attraction. I mean, the whole country is a tourist attraction, to be honest. <laughs> and understand being like the point of entry. So they, they, they make it uh, easy for international travelers who come in. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. And kind of along those same lines, as far as, you know, say we're flying there and we're going to you know, spend a week or two uh, exploring the exploring Johannesburg and maybe other parts of the country. Do we need some of the local currency? Do we just, or do we use our credit cards or how does that work? Yeah. It's good to have money, of course, I mean, to use a credit card. Always, but definitely when you arrive at the airport, there's a lot of uh, currency exchange agencies uh, right at the airport before you even exit through border patrol. And there's also other, if you forgot, maybe you could be also in, in the terminal building. Just to have a couple of South African rands, that's the currency over there. But to be usually on the safe side, I always have minimal cash and then uh, credit card facilities, debit card facilities, uh, are they all are good. Saraka is very advanced when it comes to that, so you don't need to do any, like, a bank alert. If you want to, you can do, like, a bank alert to your, to your bank account that you're flying into there so that they are aware that you'll be using the, your credit cards in the foreign country or in South Africa. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the last thing you want is your bank shutting you down because they think that, that there's a scammer or something like that it getting hold of your me, card. To be honest, if you have time, <laughs> it happened to me, like, in 2019, I didn't do that. And I ran out of cash and I wanted to use my bank. It was like, I couldn't, I was stuck for a minute. Oh no. (laughs) I couldn't do it. Anything. I had to borrow money from family and friends to come back. And then I kind of, you know, of course you can only do it back when you're back in the country. Oh, sure. Sure. Now, another thing that that kind of holds people back from, from visiting a lot of uh, foreign countries is being able to speak the local language or being able to, you converse with people or understand the street signs, et cetera. Is there a different language there in South Africa, or do most people speak English? Or how does that work? English is the national, you know, language of South Africa. Though there's eleven other, I mean, there's ten other uh, languages. English is the most spoken. It was, it's a former British colony, and that's what's taught in school. So you won't be lost at all if you're coming from the U.S. or any English-speaking country. You won't get lost at all. Yeah. So everything is in English. It's perfect. It's, it's that's why. South Africa as a whole is, is a great attraction for international travelers. Yeah, that's wonderful. Basically, I love it when we remove some of those barriers that, you know, that prevent some people from traveling. It's like, look, there's no excuse. You can use your credit card. They speak English. It's easy to get around, you know, and so there's, there's no excuse uh, to not be able to go visit and explore all the local wonders and, and local delicacies and everything else like that. So say we're flying into the local airport there. Now, from there, do we rent a car? Do we take public transportation? How do we get from the airport to the city and, and to get around to all the, the major attractions? Some people do come into Johannesburg on their own without any like uh, plans or tour guides. And 
there's right there at the airport, there's multiple internationally recognized or international uh, rental companies like Hertz, Budget, they're all there. You can easily rent a car with your credit card over there for as many days as you want, or like your Google Maps, your Waze, or any other uh, navigation system that you have in your phone can help you get around to your hotel. And then in the hotels, they will have like your concierges will most definitely guide you or give you any like uh, brochures or pamphlets of places to visit. But I'm sure you'll be able, before even flying, you'll have had like a, your itinerary or at least planned routes and activities by searching in advance. So it's easy to get around by renting a car. Parking is easy as well around the city. So if you want to go that route by, let's say, an individual car or by yourself, like, you know, it's, it's not a problem at all. No, oh, perfect. Perfect. And as a former British colony, are you driving on the left side of the road? Yes. Okay. So that, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be something yes. to get used to. Right? <laughs> that's one thing I, yeah, that's the one I like. You just be warned, but uh, it's easy. Like it's, it's, the roads are very, very well maintained signage as well on the road. So you just have to get acquainted and also your, your driver's seat is on, uh, it's on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've driven on that, on the left side of the road a few times and when you're driving straight, not a problem. Whenever you get to an intersection, that's the part that always kind of I have to like stop and think for a minute. If there's no other cars, which part to which part to turn into? Yes, that's that's very <laughs> a minute when I came to the U.S. to get used to adjust. Yeah, so for sure. So as far as uh, you know, now that we're there in the city and we're we're you know kind of planning our trip and and uh, you're doing all the doing all the local things. Where should we look at staying? Are there certain parts of towns that we should avoid or are there certain hotels that you recommend? Yeah, so basically places to avoid living, I would say downtown itself is just too congested. And maybe, especially if you're a newcomer, you may want to avoid. So you want to stay in like uh, in places where, like I will say Melrose, Arch, Santan. There's a lot of international hotels, businesses around there. So that's what I would recommend. Other places to live is around the airport. There's some beautiful areas as well. I actually live 10 minutes away from the airport. So there's some more like boutique hotels, bed and breakfast places if you're on a budget. But if you want to go like luxury, then you want to stay in Santon, Melrose Arch, Rheinberg area. There's international hotels like Intercontinental, there's Hilton, there's Four Seasons in and around these few places that I mentioned, Melrose Arch, uh, Rosebank, Santon, maybe Randburg. But for a first time, and then maybe a second turn, you can want to be, maybe you met a friend or somebody that you want to go visit again, then maybe they can either welcome you into their neighborhood, their home, and then you can do more of the uh, like local like living, you know? That makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as um, the things we should be doing there, I know one of the things that a lot of people put on, like, number one on their bucket list when they go to South Africa is going on a safari and seeing some of the wild animals and things of that nature. So one, you have a recommendations for that. And then two, I know there's a lot more to offer than just seeing wild animals while we're there. So what are some of the other things we should be doing when we visit Johannesburg? Yeah. So once you just visit Johannesburg, I would say spend a couple of days in these areas that I've mentioned. If you're staying at the Marriott hotel, which is beautiful, like international hotel in Melrose Arch, there's, Hilton, there's even other local hotels uh, brand, which are of international standard. You want to like 10, 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away from these areas, this Soweto, you can do local day tours, either guided or by yourself 
into the this lovely township that is basically not dangerous at all. It's it's safe because they've made it an international attraction where you go see the residences of the former freedom fighter Nelson Mandela, who is well known across the world, where he's, he lived, you know, in his humble beginnings as he was fighting for the liberation of South Africa. So it has been turned into a museum, an educational center for locals and tourists alike. Usually that whole area there, there's a lot of historical happenings that happened during the 1976 uprising of the students. So there was like a, this famous student who was shot while protesting some, some issues back in the day. So there's like a monument that is built in his memory. Is that the uh, Hector Peterson monument? The Hector Peterson monument. I believe it was like a 14-year-old uh, was shot by a police. This monument is shown him being carried by another student who was protesting, and he was trying to rush him to safety. So it's well documented. And then you have a statue over there in his honor. Actually, there's a, there's a whole holiday that is commemorated in his name, national holiday called the June 16th, a youth day on June 16th. So it's celebrated uh, in his memory. So those are the things that people like to see. And then surrounding, you know, you don't even have to go too far out to the safaris. There's like Lion Park, which is very famous as well around Johannesburg. There's a lot of animals to be seen there, uh, which is 10 minutes away from uh, uh, the Rose Bank or uh, Melrose Arch where you live. Uh, if you'll be staying over there and then you do like day tour in your own car where you pay a fee to enter the park by the gate. And then you can drive through this, this game reserve and uh, visit animals and li- the white lions that are there. Now, that sounds like, a, like just like a wonderful experience. That, I mean, we we have the, some of the, the zoos and some of the parks here in the United States, but actually being there and seeing the lions like not that far, not that far away from you is got to be just like an amazing experience. They actually walk up to you. They, they just tell you to not open the windows, but they actually walk up to your window and you can see them. They're very friendly. I mean, go don't open the window, but like they just pass through and then the giraffes come over. They look at you and then this beautiful. And it was my first time going there. I think it was 2008, even though I grew up there. And I was mesmerized, you know, like to see a lion, a white lion. Oh, wow. That's friend. yeah. And then, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, yeah, but like definitely don't roll down your window. You don't want to pet the you don't want to pet the lions. Yes, you, may, uh-huh. you may not get your arm back. You know, you may, yeah. <laughs> you'll be happy <laughs> to see the lines, but you'll be <laughs> one, less, one less limp. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, I guess there's a there's another uh, national park that's nearby, the Pilanesburg National Park. Pilanesburg uh, National Park as well, uh, around two hours away from Johannesburg. And that's another great way where you could either do a half day or since you're there, you can even spend a night or two. For me, with that, I would suggest to probably book in advance through a, you know, um, a tour company uh, where they will either pick you up from Johannesburg and uh, bring you over there. And then maybe for, for an overnight stay in their lodges and game reserve, then you get to see a tour guided safari, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if you just flew into Johannesburg and you're not going to do the whole of South Africa, you know, like where people go to Cape Town here and there. So you can get a lot done with you know, within, let's say, a week or 10 days that you have there. But Pilanesburg is one of them. So I always suggest that. And then, of course, maybe if you, are, if you will, you can share a link to that um, talk uh, operator that I sent you over. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll definitely include that link. Now, as far as, like we talked about that, obviously seeing the Nelson Mandela where he where he was grew up is very important. Seeing you know, the animals is a wonderful experience. 
if we want to see a little bit more like the culture of the people or do some hiking or something like that, what are some of your suggestions for as far as that goes? Hiking is mostly done in the outskirts of Johannesburg, like Pilansburg, there's some it's mountainous area that we have the Drakensberg as well, which is a beautiful, um, like almost like the Rockies, but not that high, very accessible. And it's kind of like two to three hours out of Johannesburg, also in the northwest province of South Africa. So we have the Kruger National Park as well, which is another big national park apart from Pilansburg. Uh, um, that's also in the northwest province where you do hiking, also one-week safaris where there's beautiful international hotels or like a very like traditional huts that closer to the people that lives around the area where you can do day tour around the villages. You get uh, to meet the locals who basically like women who uh, do beatings and do some arty crafts that, uh, that you can take as souvenirs back home. And there's local markets over there that you can do that as well in the Drakensberg and the Kruger National Park. But also locally around Johannesburg, Yeovil is another place where I, I, that's one of the places where I, when I came from Congo, I lived there first with my family for a couple of years. There's a lot of uh, local markets right there where you can go into the market to buy like local food delicacies because Johannesburg and South Africa as a whole, there's a lot of other nationalities from Africa that live in South Africa because it's like a refuge for many Africans. So not only you will see the South Africans, you also see other like um, African nationals as well in a place like Yorville. And then just a little bit north of Yorville, five minutes away, um, there's a place called Ruma Lake, which is a open air market where you get to see local artists that come from Zimbabwe, Congo, Ghana, and local South Africans as well from other provinces. They come every Saturday to display their artwork and souvenirs where for tourists. Those are the daily things you can do in and around Johannesburg. Now, that's amazing. Well, uh, like you mentioned, uh, as far as like uh, the local delicacies at Yeovil and everything, let's talk about a couple of the, the places we should go eat while we're there visiting. As far as if we wanted like a, like a good local experience or something like to, be, to eat something a little bit more exotic that maybe we wouldn't be able to find anywhere here in the United States? We have a couple of restaurants in and around so it depends on where you want to what, what you feel like if you feel homesick there's a lot of home uh, like or oh, at least westernized food but if you want to go more like uh, traditional you have a place called the carnivore restaurants with like uh, they display a whole lot of different game meat because Saraka is very big in game meat like the kudu antelopes like um, deer you even find the crocodile on the menu which I've never tasted but <laughs> I, I would like to it's, to try it one day when I go back there so Carnivore is a big restaurant that people come to when uh, it's actually internationally known if you uh, look it up. So it's, it's a, basically a, just a buffet of different types of meats and other traditional like uh, vegetables and desserts like the Malta pudding, which is very well known in South Africa, like a spongy type of cake with apricots and a bit of uh, vanilla to it. But uh, you'll find the kudu, which is, I don't know how to say it in English almost like a deer, but it has two long horns. Yeah, the, the, the long and skinny horns are kind of stick straight up. Yes, yes. So they make either biltong, I don't know yeah, you guys call it beef jerky. So biltong is a very famous South African delicacy that you eat, like dried meat, like almost like a, uh, like a snack. 
it is uh, cured and then air dried, and then you can pack it. It lasts for a very long time. You can travel it. You can travel with it. Bring it to uh, every time I go back home. I always bring it because it's something that I grew up with. It brings you know. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, one of my one of my friends uh, that they live in Dallas. They actually make biltong. They make, oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I tried beef. To be honest, uh, don't, don't don't get me wrong here, but I tried beef jerky, and some people were trying to compare it. I said, no, nope, it's not. It's not biltong. <laughs> <laughs> so biltong is, is something out of this world. Yeah, um, and it's kind of when people bring it over here and they start selling it, I try to buy it on Amazon. It's expensive, so I always stock up when I go back home. For sure, I'll, I'll send you an email with my with my friend's contact information. That way, you can maybe you can try some of theirs. So, Kenzie, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. Before we get sidetracked, <laughs> you know, and just talking about biltong and all the other good food. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Johannesburg, where should they go and what should they eat? Primi Piatti is one of the restaurants that brings memory to me. It's a Italian South African family owned restaurant. It's found in most areas of Johannesburg and South Africa as a whole. It's a chain, but very high-end uh, restaurant with some South African flavors. So you find it in Rosebank Mall, you find it in Melrose Arch in Santon. It is a very hearty, welcoming, vibrant place where uh, food is made, you know, to order fresh pasta, pizzas. They have some South African meat as well over there. So Primi Piatti is a place to be, I would suggest for anybody who comes in there. They also find in most airports in South Africa as well. So that's a good place to have a quick meal if you don't have much time while traveling. Okay, that, that's awesome. I, I love it when you can support like local families that are that are being successful and, and uh, bringing some of those amazing local flavors. Yes, definitely. Uh, like, and like we talked about, like you grew up uh, there in Johannesburg and then you've obviously spent a lot of time going back and forth visiting family and everything. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? Most memorable is probably when I lived with my family before I actually left, because I left South Africa when I was 2010, so it's been 13 years right now, when we were all as a family unit uh, living in Johannesburg, my mother, my brother, my dad, you know, before we all like went, I kind of, we all went our separate ways. My dad passed a couple of years ago, but that was the most memorable time when I was there, when my daughter was born as well in South Africa. So that was one of the most memorable. So I left uh, actually when I came to, to the USA because of some immigration stuff here and there. They, she actually just joined me like a couple of months ago after a very long time. So I'm happy to have her here. So just growing up there as a family unit, you know, I can also say when I witnessed South Africa moving from the apartheid regime of the past oppression to when they kind of like um, had their first black president, which was Nelson Mandela. So that was a very uh, jovial moment for the whole nation and uh, witnessing South Africa in the World Cup as well, winning the World Cup bid and actually hosting a very successful World Cup back in 2010, where we got to see a whole lot of um, international travelers all in one place. I got to see a lot of players, a lot of celebrities during the World Cup, which was a one month uh, long uh, event. So and then the hospitality that was given to these international travelers, which put South Africa on the map as a very happy, safe, hospitable um, place to be. So those are some of my memorable moments I can share. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, the World Cup's coming to the U.S. and Canada and Mexico in 2026. Yay. So <laughs> hopefully uh, Chicago will be one of the, the host cities so that way you can experience it again. So speaking of good times and happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in Johannesburg? The happiest 
happy hour in Johannesburg. There's a couple, and won't be justice just to to name one, but a good place to be, I would say, is five minutes away from the airport, maybe on your way to the airport or on your way from the airport to, to maybe your next destination is a place called Cuba Cafe. It's in Eden Vale. It's one of the neighborhoods as well around Johannesburg. Very safe to be every day, 5 to 7 p.m. They do like for a price of one, you get a select of a beer, cocktail and wine, all these three, all for like, I would say in dollar amount is like probably five to eight dollars for three drinks. So that's a great place to be. It's very vibrant. It has a beautiful view of the jacaranda trees that I spoke about earlier in, in, in the show. So that's one of them. Another good place is in closer to where, let's say you'll be staying in Melrose Arch. There's Bryanston and the place is called Tiger's Milk as well. Very trendy eatery, a place to be seen, to be heard for local millennials, I would say. 25 to 35 year olds uh, after work, coming for a drink together. Also, happy hour is mostly between 5 to 7 p.m. in the Johannesburg area. Well, fantastic. Yeah, a couple of different choices. That's, that's perfect. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I, I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Johannesburg? Pepperoni pizza, yeah, so I would suggest Panarotis. It's a uh, local favorite around Johannesburg area. So they've been around for many years, as, as long as I can remember, in Johannesburg and South Africa as a whole. So there it's quick, easy, uh, not expensive, accessible to anybody. So Panarotti's Pizza is a place to be. So there, it's not in one location. You can find it in many locations. At the airport, in the areas that you'll be, let's say, staying at your hotel, if you feel like something quick to pick up, a quick bite, Panarotti's is the place. Perfect, yeah. Uh, another local chain, that's perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you travel back and forth between Johannesburg and, and Chicago and uh, some of the other places that you've, you've traveled throughout your life. What's one of your best travel tips? Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember to, of course, not get your credit card <laughs> blocked. <laughs> Make sure that you prepare in advance. You let your, your bank know where you're traveling so that you don't get stuck for cash. I always do my research where I'm traveling to so that I don't get any surprises. I pack very light. Because I like to take, uh, when I get there to wherever I'm going, I like to bring back something of, um, you know, memory back to the, to the U.S., you know. So, so I, I travel light. I uh, do a lot of pictures. I always consider myself a tourist, even in my own country, because when I was living there, I wasn't really traveling a lot, per se. So when I come out and I go back, I find new places that I never visited. So... Always do your research where to travel, plan in advance, you know, make an itinerary so that because time flies very fast when you are having fun. So you want to make sure that you have your plan nicely done so you can try to hit many things off the list as possible. For sure. And like you said, like a lot of times, you know, when you're living in a city, like you when you were growing up and living in, in Johannesburg, you kind of forget about the things that make the city great and you don't ever go visit some of those some of the major attractions and so now that you don't live there anymore you can go back and forth and now you can actually be the tourist in your, in your own in your hometown in my hometown and i love it every time i go back i was just recently there in uh september same thing i went to this mall of africa which was there when I, when it was being built i was never there you know so i got there i was like wow you know and then i did a few more traveling so it's it's you're right when you say that yeah so you plan well and make sure that you have a roaming data bundle or like, you know, cell phone plan. So when you're 
like when you're traveling to the United States, that's also important. So you can keep up with whatever is happening yet. Contact your loved ones. Should you like you need help, you know? Absolutely. Well, right. Well, well, Kenzie, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. I've learned so much about Johannesburg and it's definitely moving up my list of places to visit. Can you tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, um, again, my name is Kenzo Mpoi. I'm a restaurant manager, a general manager here at Tanta Chicago. Is a part of a, um, a group of restaurants called Akuria Restaurants International. I've been in the United States for six years right now. I just moved to Chicago last year, January, uh, to head this uh this restaurant here. I lived in San Francisco for five years. I've been working this in the hospitality industry for a little bit over 16 years, where uh, my career has, you know, taken me to places where I've only dreamed about living in South Africa, where I started my career, moving to Dubai, where I spent six years uh, in Dubai, working for some of the best chefs in the world, you can say, hotels and restaurant chains. And uh, finally, with my curiosity, always trying to uh, learn and experience the world, it brought me to the United States and to San Francisco, to be specific. And I've been loving it, you know, it's been a great experience being in the United States and uh, growing and uh, learning the new culture. So right now I'm, I'm based in, in Chicago. That's where I'll be for the foreseeable future, heading this uh, Tanta Chicago, which is a Peruvian restaurant. Uh, it's been here for 10 years. And actually, we are celebrating later this year, our 10th year anniversary. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, I'll definitely include links to Tanta Chicago. And then what's uh, Africa Times DMC? What is that as well? So it's a tour uh, tour operate, uh, operational company uh, called the Destination Management Company that's been around like 15 years in Johannesburg, uh, welcoming tourists and visitors alike and showing them, you know, what South Africa has to offer. They, they curate packages for tourists, you know, visitors that are coming either from the United States, from Europe, to visit uh, Johannesburg and the surroundings, Cape Town. I talked about the Safari National Park, Billensburg. They even do like your Southern Africa, all the neighboring country uh, like Namibia, Botswana, Zambia. They, they do tour-guided, tour you know, journeys. They'll pick you up at the airport. They'll set up everything for you in terms of like hotels. They have different packages from five days to 10 days to two weeks tour like programs. So that's what they do. And they're based out of uh, Johannesburg and like five, 10 minutes away from the airport. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we'll definitely include the links to to Tantra Chicago and Africa Times DMC. Uh, That way, if anybody of the listeners want to learn more about them, we'll definitely uh, have that link there. Uh, If somebody has more questions about uh, Tantra Chicago, Johannesburg or anything else, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Yeah, so on my Instagram, uh, which is K underscore E-N-Z-O-M-P. That's my Instagram. Uh, they can reach out, they can DM me or, you know, just shoot me a text over there. And then my Facebook is Ken Sompoi. They could also reach me at my email address, either Tanta, which is Kenzio at TantaChicago.com. To know more about Tanta, you know, what we do, what we offer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm always active on these social media platforms. Well, perfect. Well, we'll definitely include links to those in the show notes if people have questions or want to reach out to you. It's been great talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you very much, Lee, for having me. Thank you very much, and you have a great day. What an awesome conversation with Kenzo. I'd love to go on the African safari and see all the amazing animals in their natural habitat. You can find all the links we talked about today 
and our one-page guide of Kenzo's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Johannesburg. We want to say thank you to AwardWalt for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWalt to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Horse Cave, Kentucky to speak with my good friend Sandra Wilson of kygetaway.com. In this episode, Sandra and I talk about exploring the hidden river cave beneath the city, feeding a kangaroo from your hand at Kentucky Down Under, and eating fresh Amish donuts at Farm World's Bakery. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way we won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Music